All right, thank you for downloading the Cruise Control Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and on SoundCloud.com. You can follow me, the host, Randy Cruz, on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. This is Billy Corbin, director of Cocaine Cowboys and the 30 for 30s, The U and Broke. And there's nothing we love in Miami more than driving cruise control with no hands, steering with our knee, and not using turn signals, which is kind of what it's like listening to the Cruise Control Podcast with my man, Randy Cruz. This is the Cruise Control Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and blogtalkradio.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J. C-R-U-Z. I'm joined by former NBA All-Star Kenny Anderson. Kenny, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up? What's up, my guy? How's everything? Everything is good, man. We know we got the NBA coming up soon. I I know you're very happy about that. Um, Lots to talk about, so let's get right into it. Um, NBA is upon us. Training camp finished. Preseason just started. But before we get into what's going on now, I want you to, to take me back um, real quick, when you were playing, when the season was over, how long did it take you to get that itch back that you wanted to get back on the court and start the season all over again? Well, you you, you really, for some guys, and that's the great ones, and, uh, or some good players are great ones, uh, you, it's, a, it's, it's no days off, man. You're supposed to you know, take care of yourself, take care of your body, uh, work out. That's when you get better than the off-season. So you try to, you know, uh, you know, take care, of, take care of your body and just train for the next coming season. Some guys take vacation. I take, I took vacations, um, and then then got. I'm I'm one of those guys that just waited a couple of months uh, before training camp to get in shape. That was just me. It, it, it worked, you know, somewhat. But I think as you get older, you need to uh, take more time and get more serious, you know, uh, with your body. Because as you get older, the league is getting younger. And for you to keep those jobs and keep playing um, well, you, you have to take care of your body even even harder. And I think that was um, uh, difficult for me late in my career. I just got tired of, you know, just doing it year in and year out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just lost the passion for it. That's when I knew it was time for me to, to hang it up. You know, Kenny, we live in a, a world now where everything is on social media, digital, TV, um, NBA TV. They, they they now show training camps on that channel um, where you can see how everybody is doing it and how they prepare for the season. But how were the, the the training camps back in your time? It was much harder. I think the basketball league was much harder. Uh, now, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's, I love the NBA for the for the great for the athletes for guys being able to take care of their family, but it's a billion dollar business, so it's a lot of money. And then when money comes involved, it's a lot of politics, and that's something comes with the territory. I just think now it's uh, you know great it's entertainment. You know uh, they sh- they sh- they show everything. Mm-hmm. When, when we were, were playing in the league late eighties or nineties, um, you, know, you just it, the, the training camp was like real secretive and. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't shown, you know, out in the public. But back then, we didn't have NBA TV and all this other stuff. So, you know, the lead is great, but it's also have its, uh, has its flaws, I-, I believe, because they changed it. They changed the game a little bit to for the business side of it. So, 
if NBA TV hypothetical was around in your era, how, how would how were those New Jersey Net training camps? If if NBA TV was around back in that time, um, it, it just was. Uh, I, I think much harder because nowadays you got all the stars being able to take rest for some days. You know, back then we we we, we wasn't able to you know uh, take days off. Um, um, you know, the, the preseason games. I think it went down to six. It was eight, I believe, when I played, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, just, just how soft they are with some of the athletes now. Even in regular season now, you know, you got coaches coming up, you know, uh, to guys saying, hey, you, you take the night off tonight. You don't have to play. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, was, that wasn't heard of back in my day. You, you had to play all 82 games. They wanted you out there regardless. And if you didn't, it's like you you stealing money, you know. Guys on your team and uh, fans or whatever, it's like you stealing money, man. Get out there and play, you know. So it was just a, um, nowadays a lot of things go, man, in the league. And like I said, it's great. So remind me because I'm not too sure, and I think you mentioned it a little while ago, but how many preseason games you had back, back then? Was it more, was it less, or the same amount as the NBA teams have today? I believe it was eight, if I'm not mistaken. It might be the same, but it was six now. I, th- I, th- I think we had eight. Uh, because I remember going four and four a few times. That's all I remember. Uh, preseason was – I hated preseason because I wanted all the games to count. <laughs> you, know, I, you know what I'm saying? I wanted all the games to count now. Right. I'm, there, I'm like, man, you you just going hard. I just wanted to play. I wanted everything to be hard. That's all, you know. Mm. Now, before uh, before there's, before there's a training camp in preseason, there's there's the NBA draft, and then I'm not sure if I ever asked you about your draft night, but you went second overall in 1991. Take me back. To, take me back to that night. How you felt overall and getting drafted by um, the New Jersey Nets, and did you know ahead of time that New Jersey was going to draft you? No, I, you know, this is, you know, the, the draft night 1991 was great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really expressing myself a lot on my documentary that's coming up. But the draft night was awesome. Um, it was a long time coming, you know, for myself. You know, I think I was destined to make it to the NBA because the way my young, the way it happened from at a young age. So it, it just was, hey, that night was there. And uh, I wanted to show up the next was going to pick me off. I knew Sacramento was going to pick me at, at, at three, but I didn't know what the Nets was going to pick me, so it was very exciting when they called my name. I knew I'd be staying close to home. Mm. I want to have a little fun with you right here. I want you, I, I, I want to catch you off guard with this. If you get some wrong, don't worry about it. It's all good. You went second overall in 91, but do you remember who else who else went in the top ten? Oh, I, I, can, go, I can go, I think, top five. Like, you know, I'll uh, Larry Johnson, Kenny Anderson, uh, Billy Owens, uh, Doug, uh, it's like I get me some of this, uh, Doug Smith, uh, Steve Smith, Matumbo, uh, Greg Anthony, AC Augment, I know when 11, but those are the names I do remember. I, I don't know who. That video, I don't remember many. <laughs> Those are the names. I don't know what order after three, but I know uh, I know uh, Steve Smith went five to um, to uh, Miami. 
Right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out a little bit here. Uh, yeah. Greg Anthony he went twelve. Um, Stacy Augman went ninth. Oh, and, and you missed uh, Luke Longley at seven. Yeah, big Luke Luke Longley. Mark Macon at eight. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mean. And Brian Williams at number 10. Wow, I didn't know those three, four guys. Luke was one of my favorites in the NBA, Luke Longley. Mm. When I, um, when I, uh, every time I would see him, you know, he would always be the same. He would always, you know, we just always spoke when he played with Chicago. And I thought he had a decent career. Mm-hmm. Luke Longley, he was one of my favorite, uh, it's one of my guys. Every time you know passing through different teams, and right. you know you, you see guys, he, he always he always was a nice, friendly guy. Now, one more for you. Um, you you made the 1994 NBA All Star team. Do you remember the other 11 players who were on that team? You know what? I can get this because I know. Myself was a guard. Mark Price was a guard. Mookie Blaylock, uh, Derek Coleman, Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing, Scotty Pippen, DJ Armstrong. Uh, I think you're missing three more. Oh, oh, Brad Dor- Brad Doherty, and Larry Dash. Nope. I don't know. No, I don't know. All right, so you, you missed I'm out. Not close. You were close, but you missed out on John Starks. Yeah, yeah, John. Um, Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. And Horace Grant. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Damn, I was close. I was close. Hey, man, I I, I just love taking um you know you guys back to you know your era. And yeah, stuff that's like awesome. That. And I always look at it, and I look at all the All Star games. That was my first one. I thought I'd be playing in a, a, a many others, but uh, a lot of the politics have to do with it, and I'm pissed off. Because I only got like three, three shot attempts, six shot attempts. Scotty Pippen hogged the ball up that game. He got MVP, but um, I, I just felt I didn't, uh, I didn't catch it up. I didn't really, I, I didn't really explore it like the, like I thought I, I should have. You know, looking back at that All Star game, you know, I am the point guard. I should have done a little more. But Mark Price had a great game. I remember. But me, I didn't get enough touches. I, I, you know, being the point guard, and I started, so I was like, ah. Uh-huh. You know, it just got the top. So I was like, oh, man. And, and it was funny because Lenny Wilkins was the, the, was the head coach of the East with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So he let his boy rock, you know, Mark Price, which I understand. But I thought <laughs> I was the starter at, East, at the end because Mark was playing very well. But still, you know, I thought I should have played more minutes. But it was an all-star game. I didn't really take uh, take it as, as serious as I as I should have, I thought. Mm. Now looking back on it, yo man, for the That's record, my take on it. for the record, you went three for ten. <laughs> I went three for ten. Oh wow! Ten <laughs> shots is more. I should have went three for twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever but I didn't know I took ten shots. That's see, you don't know when you when you're in the mix of it, you don't know. I got interested. I took ten shots. Exactly. Uh, um, I, I, for me, always wondered at any point in your NBA career, did you want to become a member of the New York Knicks? Was there ever a time that you were close to joining the team? Um, not, you know, my mother, man, my mother was a big New York fan, and she always wanted me to play with the um, uh, the Knicks one before I got drafted, but I got drafted to the Nets, so she said she was happy just by me staying home. 
Um, I really got comfortable, you know, playing with the Nets, and you know, I, I just think it was it, it wasn't as much pressure on me playing with the Nets because the Knicks, you know, they always was considered better than us or to win a championship. So I, I don't know. And then when I was a free agent, I thought they I would they would have had more uh, interest in me. But Pat Riley wasn't a Kenny Anderson guy, you know, and that's just what it is. You know, it is what it is. But I was playing some great basketball at that time. But they had the chance. They had the the chance to uh, you know make me an offer, and I don't think they did. So you know, it is what it is. It's just move on from it. Now. You you see point guards that played in your era, Jason Kidd, Steve Kerr, Scott mm-hmm. Brooks, Mark Jackson, even Doc Rivers, they all become good to great head coaches. Do you ever think about becoming an NBA head coach and being an assistant coach? Well, the NBA is great. I wouldn't close the door on it. You know what I mean? But I'm, I, love, I love, I love, for some reason, I just love dealing with the youth, and I, I love the college game. Um, I think it's more rewarding, mm-hmm. you know, uh, me helping – the high school kids or the college kids, you know, uh, round their life out. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get to where I've been, um, not only maybe making it to the pros, but also, you know, just having a productive life and uh, doing well in college. And those guys becoming men and, and going on and being good fathers and, and being good husbands and being good uh, citizens in the world. Because I think all the knowledge and everything that I have to offer to so many young guys, basketball is easy for me to teach them. But I just think sometimes the life lessons go 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 far and beyond uh, basketball. And um, I, I would love it. You know, I wouldn't close the door on the, you know getting the opportunity to be assistant and being um, uh, NBA uh, head coach. But you know, I always say I'm big believer. Sometimes the route, you know, some some guys' route is different than others, and I don't complain about it. I don't. You know, talk negative about somebody else getting the opportunity. That's just not right. But some guys' path is different than others. And maybe my path is to, you know, coach a, a good high school team, a prep school, or, you know, go to a college team and do well that that route. But um, who knows? Sometimes guys are put in situations because of their past and who they know, political reasons, or, or what have you. But, you know, who knows? I just know I love coaching regardless, you know, what it is. And I think. You know, like I said, I'm a point guard for 14 years in the NBA, two years at Georgia Tech, four years at Arthur Shipper Lloyd. You know, coaching is easy for me because I've been around some great coaches and I just know the game of basketball. So, right. you know, I do that in my sleep. But, but other thing, I think coaching besides that is more of a life lessons and bonding with these young men and, 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 and guys trying to get those guys to become one as a team. I think basketball and team sports uh, help you as, as an individual through life. And I, I'm just a big believer of that because it has helped me you know, after my uh, time in basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know you mentioned you wouldn't close the door, but if, like, tomorrow you get a phone call from Greg Pop or Doc Rivers, and, yes. you know, how, how quick are you on the first flight to San Antonio or Los Angeles? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm big with that. I would, I would definitely – get with those guys and be assistant because that's good tutelage under Doc Rivers and Popovich, just the coaching aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just to just get their knowledge. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't close the door at all. I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be really geeked that up. I love, uh, you know, seeing ex-NBA point guards 
become great coaches. Mark Jackson, uh, Nate McMillan was a good coach for, right. for, for a time. Uh, Avery Johnson got coached the year. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers. You know, these guys that I played against are uh, uh, coaches in the NBA and did a, did a hell of a job. So all I do is just give them, you know, blessings and I watch. And sometimes, you know, when I watch the game now, I just, you know, I can teach, you know, uh, plays they draw up out of timeout or what type of set they in. So I'll use those. You know, my mind is like a computer. I can just see, I can just see a set, just look at it and I'll know. Like how to how to run it. I don't have no. I don't need nobody to diagram. Right. Because I I just know the NBA game. You know what I'm saying. So when they come out, I always eat. Uh, and then I judge what play I would run. Like if I'm like, oh man, maybe I would run this guy off this pick, get this guy open three, get my point guard coming up with the down screen and coming off. So I'm always messing with the game like that. It's fun for me. So you have this documentary coming out. I, I believe the dinner for it is next month, November 7th, I believe, here in New York, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, for those, real quick, for those who want to find out more info, they go to mrchibs.com, M-R-C-H-I-B-B-S.com. Um, who came up with the idea of doing a documentary on Kenny Anderson? Uh, Scott Scraper film, a small company out of New York. Uh, two guys, we, we had dinner, and they came to visit me in Florida, and uh, I just thought the idea would be great. And, uh, we, we hired uh, Jill Jill Campbell um, from New York to, to direct it. She just she does a hell of a job. She just knows it, you know, the, the, the film business, the documentary business. Um, and just all my life, I'm tired of being raw with it, you know, um, just talking, telling the truth, man, you mm-hmm. know, just about my life and the things I had to overcome, the obstacles and to, 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 to where I'm at today, and it's like it's a great. I don't. I, we never. We sat there, the crew, and we like. I don't think no uh, other NBA players doing a documentary like this. You have documentaries, but this one is like an inspirational uh, story of a guy that you know, every level, every level, and boom, you know, had it. Now he's giving back, coaching high school, and living a productive life. Florida. It's like a. a it's it got some great. It got some great, great areas. With dark, then you got some high areas where he's on a high, right. and he at the end it's like boom, you know what I mean? Boom, this is how he's living. This is what he's doing with his family. It's just a, it's just a great, uh, a great story, you know what I mean? And I'm just telling the truth. I'm not, you know, knocking anyone. Just uh, letting everybody know the truth about, you know, Kenny Anderson. You know, uh, and that's just what it's about. And Mister Chim is my nickname, so my mother gave me that, and it's very dear to me. You know what I mean? It's Chim. So everybody in New York, you know, in my era, from Queens to all the barrels, what majority, they know my name is Chip. People that's close to me. And then every time I did something great, she would say, Mr. Chips. So it was something I stuck with me my whole life. And um, I, I think my mother would be proud of me, reflecting on my life and, and telling the truth what, what, uh, so I can help others. And that's what it's all about. Everybody, everybody in the world got a story. But no, no one, everybody's scared or ashamed to tell a story that mm-hmm. helps somebody. So, you know, me, I'm on that platform where, you know, I can help somebody, people listen. So, like you said, you go to the doc, my website, mrchip.com, and you're about the end of it. It's in the stretch run. We're in the editing process. Um, I'm having a um, fundraiser dinner, fundraiser dinner, just to finish up some, some things, cross some T's, got some I's, and, uh, like, donations were taken, you know, for whatever. They could be $10, $20. You know what I mean? If you got a love for Kenny Anderson and you was a fan, 
platform. It's not coming to me. It's going to the company. It's going to my documentary. So that's what it's all about, man. And uh, I think my New Yorkers is going to love it. My New Yorkers is going to love it because they uh, they know the struggle. They know the feel. They know what I'm about. You know what I mean? Because that's where it started at. Mm. So now is that dinner next month over to the public? And how can they find information? Yeah, if- <laughs> yeah so you got to probably. Yeah, that's the small and quaint. Well, we had, right now we had 10. I think we had 10 uh, sold tickets. It was only uh, 25 people that's uh, allowed to buy. And, and first, then we got the, co- uh, the uh, cocktail hour where after the dinner, you could uh, come in, you know, and just, you know, socialize with me. But uh, the people that come to the dinner to get the ticket, they get a little more. They get more, you know what I mean? So, you know, we will post some more stuff on the website about about the cocktail hour after the dinner. And that's a little more on the cheaper side for, you know, coming in and um, seeing, you know, the, the dinner. People that come to the dinner see most of the documentary, see uh, uh, sketch of the documentary and all that. So, you know, it's uh, very, very, uh, very deep, man. But all you got to do is go on my website and just hit, just follow everything. You want to see the trailer, you can hit the trailer. If you want to see donations, party, just hit, just hit on that and, and it'll show you what to do. Real simple. We're chatting with Kenny Anderson. He's on Twitter at Chibs underscore one, C-H-I-B-B-S underscore one. Again, information about his documentary coming out soon. Go to MrChibs.com. So, Kenny, the NBA is about two, two and a half weeks away. I'm excited. I know you are. What are you looking most forward to seeing this season? Is it a player, a team, a coaching change? Um, what has your What has your interest this coming season? I would like to see where the Nets would be at, man. Everybody's talking about my Nets gonna be bad. I, I, I don't, I don't see. I just think they got good, they got good pieces. I want to see if they fit. You know, I'm interested in that, and um, that's that's what I see. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and some of the players, one of how Derrick Rose respond to off the injury and off of their new head coach uh, in Chicago, Herbert. What's his name? Herb? I can't pronounce his name. Um, your new coach with the Bulls. Um, see Fred, how uh, Hoiberg, Fred Hoiberg. How Butler's going, you know, respond. Uh, the Bulls and see the Atlanta Hawks, you know, had that uh, that uh, that year they had last year. Um, see if they can um, uh, do the same this year. And uh, the East is the East got better, so I'm really interested in the whole East. Who's going to compete for the Eastern Conference title? Um, and the Spurs. I, I really want to see how Marcus Marcus does. Uh, and the Spurs with David West and uh, they new look team. Um, I just think the Spurs, uh, Tony Parker has to uh, really be healthy and have one of those Tony Parker years to make everything uh, to make everything go with the Spurs. If they stay healthy too, I have them to win it, win it, win it all again. If they stay healthy, the Spurs and uh, Russell Westbrook too. I want to see how he responds to Billy Donovan and uh, Kevin Durant. Right. Uh, coming back healthy. I have Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, James Harden, those three guys competing for the MVP. Those are the three guys. Okay. I'm edging. I think Anthony Davis will pull it. I think if they win, if New Orleans win, get a better record, like they feel better than last year, Anthony Davis will get MVP. But I I, 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 I will go with, uh, on the early favorite, Russell Westbrook. Now, you mentioned if the San Antonio Spurs remain healthy, you have them winning the whole thing. Now, Golden State won the championship last year. Many teams 
uh, revamped. You you mentioned San Antonio, the Clippers, the the Rockets. Soon the Cavaliers will have everybody healthy. Are in in your opinion, are the Golden State Warriors as NBA champions being overlooked? I, I think they may be overlooked, um, but they're going to be in the hunt again. I just think the West is just. Questions are so powerful. Uh, right. They can compete again. They can compete again, but I'm just not sure. Uh, they have their same core coming back. Um, you know, we'll see. But I, if I had to guess, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't do it because they 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 they, they, they got by without playing San Antonio Spurs. I had said last year if the the San Antonio would have beat the Clippers, the Spurs was going to beat the the, the Warriors. Uh, and that was my, I, I said the only team that could beat Golden State was the Spurs. You know what I mean? And uh, they got by, they didn't have to play the Spurs. So I'm going with the Spurs this year with a whole new look team. And uh, I just uh, I just think uh, that's the only team that could have beat them last year was the Spurs. Now, you were a, a, a 14-year NBA veteran, for those who don't know or remember. Kobe Bryant is now entering his 20th season in the NBA. Many people think Kobe is going to retire after the year. He, himself, he's like, you know, when do you know to to hang him up? How long do you think he plays for? And at what point did you know when you were playing, when did you feel and know that your NBA career was coming to an end? Well, you know, in Kobe case, you know, he's on championships and he's still passionate about the game. Um, you know, he, he won championships. He, Passionate 20 years, but I think when all the injuries slowing them down, me, I just had different, you know, I just point guard, use my speed. Um, I, I didn't, I, my last three years, like I always say, I was just on a team. My first 11 years, I played 35 plus minutes. Really was, uh, you know, uh, I, I put handprints on all the teams I played for 11 years straight. My last three years, I was just bullshitting around, just going through the motion, not playing. Not, not playing because I wasn't playing. You know what I mean? I, I just wasn't motivated because if you bust your butt and get ready to play night in, night out, and you got a younger guy in front of you and you're only playing, you're only playing uh, 10 minutes, I was just like, man, I don't want to do this no more. So that, 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 was, that was a hit on me also, you know what I mean, where I just my minutes went down and I just couldn't go out like that. Some guys would say, hey, I'll stay on the team just to get paid, but that's just not me. I just I didn't come in the league like that, and I didn't want to go out. So I just stopped. I didn't want, I just retired. I didn't want to play no more. So it's different. So now recently ESPN, they ranked – you know they have a thing where they rank all the all the like 500 guys in 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 yeah. the NBA and recently everybody was like up in arms when they mentioned Kobe at number 93 and um, I'm sure we both could disagree on that a a healthy Kobe right now age 37 where do you rank him in the NBA? They gotta be in the top 10, man. You know what I'm saying? It ain't that many superstars in the league like that. You know, you know, like Kobe, a like healthy Kobe player, top 10, top 5, probably top 5. You know, I have to really do my research, but they going on them numbers, too. I'm not I'm not big with numbers like that, like all productive and all of this and all of that, and this is how you get to this number. Mm-hmm. It's rather about straight up playing against each other, you know, and uh, your production, your body of work, you know, and he's, if not the closest thing to uh, Michael Jordan, you know, Kobe Bryant. Now, do you see him 
being a coach, assistant coach, anything like that when he walks away from the game? Or um, will he be like a player coach or, you know, involved in player development, maybe filmmaking? Um, what do you think he'll do? No, I don't know. Maybe on the team or uh, on the team over in uh, Europe somewhere. But I don't think he's a coach. I just think he, 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 he's just too uh, – nowadays, the, the game, he, he playing – Little softer, lazy things of that nature. I just think he's too, uh, too hard to, to want to coach. He's just too frustrated with some of the, some of the players now with things going on with basketball. I think he'll just be an owner, or be up top. The Lakers will put him in, in some type of you know uh, business position if he wants it. Mm. But I could see him owning the team, maybe, you know. Now we're we're entering another year for LeBron trying to get his third NBA ring. He's been to six finals, five in a row. Um, in your opinion, what are the chances that the Cleveland Cavaliers not only get back to the finals, but they finally win it? Uh, I'm not sure. With them. you got to see how love holds up. Kyrie Irving is awesome, man, but he's not durable. He gets injured a lot. LeBron, they have, they have this you know, um, team, but I'm not sure the East has got better. I think everybody's already saying, oh, they're going to win it. They're going to win the East again. I'm not sure about that. And then they get out of the East, and the West is very good. So you, you, you just don't know. You know, you, you, those things, are, it's hard to do to win, a, um, to win an NBA championship. Everything got to be lined up right. You got to have a little luck in between that for injuries and all that other stuff. So mm. I'm not sure. You know, I know you have a normal LeBron year, though. You're getting numbers and playing very well. But I think those the others – the others, the guys, the other guys got to come to play well. If he could do that, then you know, and then he on point, then you never know. But I still, the East is going to be pretty good. Again, we're joined by Kenny Anderson. He's on Twitter at uh, Chibs underscore one, C-H-I-B-B-S underscore one. Now, you're a New York native. Obviously, when it comes to basketball here in the Tri-State area, it boils down to the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. Now, a few weeks ago, you told me that you do not, as at that point, do not have the Knicks making the playoffs. And, and me and you keep keep going back and forth. It's all love. Um, you weren't sure about Brooklyn at the time. Have you changed your mind about um, who will or will will not make the playoffs after what you've been seeing so far in preseason? I don't really judge it on preseason, but I do believe those teams on the bottom of uh, the Knicks, the Nets, Charlotte, Hornets, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, the Knicks, the Nets. I'm not sure about them. You know, I I, I got my top teams. You know, uh, Cleveland, Miami, um, Cleveland, Miami, Atlanta Wizards. Even Milwaukee's gotten better. Right. Uh, you know, uh, those teams are going to be fighting for maybe six, seven, eight spots. They can get in. You know, but I'm not sure. You know what? 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 Uh, what position they'll be they'll get in at. But uh they're gonna be fighting for that eight. If they do get in it'll only be eight spot. Eight, maybe seven. You know what I mean? But um you gotta see how everything works out. You know, with uh with the East. But uh the Knicks I always joke around and say I don't like the Knicks and, <laughs> but I'm I'm a I'm a true New Yorker. I love my city. Right. And for New and for basketball uh, the Knicks would be good if the Knicks would make it and be, and be uh, successful for the city. You know what I mean? But I'm not sure about them, you know, making it with, with along with the Brooklyn Nets. What makes the, the Knicks way better than the Nets? You know, I, I think Mello. 
the only X not because he's a superstar in the league. But you have uh, Joe Johnson, you have Brooke uh, Lopez, you have uh, that Thaddeus Young. We have some good talent over there. These guys just want to play, you know. Right, and you know, d- you know, the next day they drafted Porzingis. You know, they get some pieces in the off season. I know they try they try to get some big time guys, but you know, they did not get them. Melo right now is is healthy. Um, did you like the moves they made in the summertime? Yeah, um, you. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I lost thought. Which was uh, what was your question? What was it again? Like what? Did you like the moves the Knicks made during the off season? Um, I, 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 I didn't think they could. I thought they should have drafted these other athletic guys that before this uh, European dude uh, uh, at four. I didn't, I didn't know why they took him at four. Well, they might have could have took him later, later down the road. You know, I, I don't understand that. I know it's a project. He's playing well. He will be. He will. He will become something. But I'm just not sure of it. You know, he, 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 that's what a lot of NBA, a lot of teams do with uh, uh, potential. You know, nowadays they 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 draft off potential. Oh, you got great upside. Let's get this kid. And uh, and the Knicks right now I'm not saying you can't you can't uh, can't play for upside. They're trying to win right away. Now Melo is. 31 years old, Kenny, and, you know, if healthy, he's one of the most elite players in the NBA. He doesn't want people counting him out already. Um, just like you mentioned earlier, you you did in the first 11 years of your, of your career, you played 35-plus minutes. Now, Derek Fisher wants to limit Melo to 35 and, and below that. How long do you think Melo can remain at a high elite level? Well, I don't know. You know, uh, definitely I know the next three years. You know, God forbid, you know, no no major injury. But uh, he needs some help. You know what I mean? Um, uh, he, the way he plays, he's a big banger. He can bang, he got big stops, but he can hit you with that jump off, off a lot of isolation and things of that nature. So I, I think he'll change his game a little bit so, so that wear and tear won't hit him. You know what I mean? He won't get no big, you know, no real major injuries. Right, but um, I, I just think he has to change his mindset a little bit and have to go with it. You got to be coachable. Or if that's what Derek Fisher, he's the coach, wants him to do, maybe you know take heed of that. It, it can help him. Yeah, you know, Melo Melo can lead in his own way. Um, you know, it would you know the. The info that we hear up here is that you know he he's not as a vocal of a leader that he should be. You know, trying to compare him to a LeBron, Chris Paul, D Wade. Um, like I said, he leads in his own way. But do you think sometimes he gets a bad rap for doing stuff his own way as opposed to being outspoken and vocal like a Chris Paul, D Wade, and LeBron? Oh no! Every time you come in the lead, he's he's been he's been labeled already. Going, you know, he got drafted, went to Denver. Went to the Western Conference Final and just the play he is. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just your label, you know. And then he goes into a big market like New York, and uh, you know, uh, starts, you know, then, then a lot of this stuff happens from inside out that people don't know about. Some of those coaches be you know, on some punk shit, you know. what I mean, they talk about players, but you know, when they're not coaching them, you know what I mean. And, and sometimes that gets out, and then you get labeled, you know what I mean. You know, it's, it's, it's just it's just a lot of 
lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of the fans don't know about. You know what I mean? Where a coach that you thought was in your corner, and all he did was play and do, and, and was a good citizen and did everything you had to do, but he might say something negative about you when you leave. And then all of a sudden it, it sticks, you know, with the fans, it sticks with the organizations all over through the, uh, through the league. So it's just one of those leagues, man. Like, you got to do everything right or else, you know, you, you, get, you get blackballed or you get things said about you that's not true. So it's, it's life, man. And I think he handles the great. He handles the great. He's one of those uh, superstars that, you know, a lot of guys can't play in New York. You know, he has thick skin. He, he, you can tell mentally he's nothing. He's mentally strong. You know, he just, he goes out there and he performs. You know, hurt, uh, injured, or whatever. He goes out there and gives it his all. But I, I admire a guy like that to play in a market like New York to take all the heat, and he has his flex. He just like, hey, this is what I do. This is who I am, and um, that's that's mad respect. He gets it from me. Absolutely. Um, one more before I let you go. Um, what has to work out in order for either the Knicks or the Nets to make the playoffs this season? We, we both agree the East has gotten better. The West just even more tough than that. A lot, a lot of coaching changes, a lot of player movement. Um, in order for Brooklyn and New York to be in that stretch, 7th, by March or April, aside from being healthy, obviously, um, who has to step up for both teams? Uh, the young man by Galloway has to step up to have a year that he had. You know, now he's, now he's not a uh, – he's, he's a hunter. He's a hunter. He's not a – now everybody knows about him. Right. He has to go out there and perform. Um, Melo has to perform definitely. Um, and, and a young rookie, if he was able to uh, adjust quickly, get thrown in the fire, which he is, and play well, the, the Knicks could have a chance if they buy in, if they run this triangle uh, offense better. But it's not so much offense. If they could, could I've always said if you could rebound and defend, in the league, you're working with something. So if they can rebound and defend and play better, I think the offense will come. And my next, they just got to, uh, you know, Jerry Jack has to continue to be a leader. He has to have a great year. Joe Johnson has to have a better year than he had uh, last year. But he's always in the, in the mix for all-star talk. Uh, Lopez has to stay injury-free. He has to play. But mostly, I like the X factor. They got younger type. That, that is young. He will have, a, have to have a big year, and I think he will. Mm. And some of the guys that they uh, drafted will have to play well. So, yeah, that, that, they'll, be, uh, they'll be good, so we'll see. Now, real quick, was it a good or bad thing to you that, um, you know, over the last few years, Brooklyn, you know, looking back at it, they had Jason Kidd as a coach. He's gone. They had Garnett, Paul Pierce. They're gone. Devin Williams is the most recent guy to go. Um, when they – traded Darren Williams. Um, were you in favor of that move, or you felt like that was something that uh, could could benefit both parties? No, the thing didn't work. The the, the core didn't work with uh, Darren Williams. It was time for him to go. I just think he couldn't really – it couldn't it couldn't work with him up in uh, the metropolitan area. Um, I don't know what it was, but uh, about three, four years ago, this guy was one of the top two-point guards in the league. Uh, that, that disappeared, so I, I really don't know. You know, it's just a shame, you know, but um, he, I think he'll have a better year in Dallas, but I don't think people uh, uh, pay much attention of it because after the two, three years he had, 
in Brooklyn, and he was a Mac player. He was supposed to be the uh, face of the franchise. He just didn't, didn't make it happen. So who knows? Who, you know, who really know? I just think they had to do it. They got younger and everything, so they're good. I know you're a New Yorker, but what's up with your Cowboys, man? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 man. You know, just I'm not as sad. You know, I, I, the first thing when it happened with, with Romo and Dez Bryant and uh, all about injuries. Now I'm just I'm not I understand that, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm diehard Cowboy fan since mm-hmm. um, '81, and I and I have to look through. I have to look for next year. You know what I mean? We just got too many injuries. We can't have this quarterback situation and expect to be team. We just got a tough schedule. We just can't win with this. We we need Romo. We need Dez. We need that callback, and, and it's not happening. We just got too many injuries this year, and um, you know, and that's the way I see it. So it ain't like we playing with our with our with our eight players and we lose it. So you know, I, I think everybody, Jason Gary, everybody got a pass this year because our injury. We're gonna keep playing. We can get close, but we just can't win close games with these guys we got playing. Mm. Now I'm not I'm not sure how tuned you are into baseball. I'm really not much into it. But what do you think about the Mets? I'm I'm, I'm I love the New York Yankees. I love the pennant race at this time of year. But I've never been a Mets fan. But I, like I said, man, I'm a New Yorker. So any sports that's doing well in New York, ah, that's great to see the city, man. So I, I you know I, I grew up down the block. It used to be Shea Stadium. Now City uh, City Stadium. City Stadium. I, I grew up from, down the block from Shea Stadium, so I'm, I, I, I go with it. I go with the Mets right now because it's good for the city. Absolutely, man. Uh, Kenny Anderson, uh, NBA great, NBA legend. Always a pleasure having you on the show again. He's on Twitter at Chibs underscore one. He has a documentary coming out soon. Uh, MrChibs.com for more information. Kenny, always appreciated, and thank you once again, man. My man, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Anytime.